This is the Tiger Town Sports Podcast, a podcast made to connect more with supporters of Northeast Athletics. Each week, we interview those who are responsible for setting the culture and leading our programs to success. Welcome to our inaugural edition of the Tiger Town Sports Podcast here at Northeast Mississippi Community College. We're looking forward to starting this thing off on our first edition here on August the 1st as we get a new academic year started. I'm Blake Long, Sports Information Director here at Northeast. Joined to my right by our Sports Information Specialist, Ryan Moreland, who will be joining me each and every week. And Ryan, we're looking forward to bringing folks behind the scenes more so here at Northeast than we ever have before. Tell the folks about what some of the things we're going to be doing on this podcast moving forward. Yeah, we hope, we hope to be able to talk to some of our coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, some of the athletes and you know, administrators and people behind the scenes and let them have their uh, part in what they do here at Northeast. And so we're looking forward to that. Of course, it's also our 75th anniversary here at Northeast as well. And, Ryan, we hope to include that in this podcast during this academic year as well. Yeah, through 75 years, Northeast has had a lot of great moments from a women's basketball national championship to men's basketball having a couple of runner-up finishes in the national tournament and baseball and softball and golf and tennis and football a lot of great history here on campus yeah but of course this year we'll add volleyball on to that opportunity to make history as well and so we look forward to doing that our first interview of our new podcast will be the head football coach of our northeast tigers greg davis we'll talk with him here in just a minute as the tigers report to campus on this very day to start preparations for fall camp. The first practices will be tomorrow on August the 2nd. We'll talk to Coach Davis about his offensive line coaching philosophy. Uh, We'll talk more about uh, fall camp and uh, even some more fun things at the end of the interview as well. And so, Ron, you're going to be joining me each and every week as we kind of pull the curtain back on Northeast Athletics and we talk to some of these uh, coaches and, of course, hopefully as the year goes on, our players get uh, awards, things of that nature. We'll be having them on as well. Yeah, and I mean, I through that past couple of years, we've had a lot of student athletes get Player of the Week awards and Defensive and Offensive Player of the Year, NBA. I mean, just a lot yeah. of awards that all Americans. Yeah, all Americans. So it's just a chance for us to be able to talk to them and get to know them a little bit more too. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to that. But we'll start first with our head football coach Greg Davis, and we'll hear from him when we come back right here on the Tiger Town Sports Podcast. Someone once said. Life is constantly moving forward, and that's the way we like it. First day, first year moving forward, fast. Don't just find yourself, create your future. Want to design something? Great, learn how to design websites and apps. Learn anything. With education, you can change the world. Future in fighting crime? Want to save lives? Do it here, and here too. Side by side, learning from experts in their fields. But you've got to move forward fast because today is now and tomorrow is coming soon. And to get ahead of the game, you've got to get ahead of your time. Moving forward, not backwards, forward. So what are you waiting on? Get moving. Move your ideas. Move others too. This is your future, your opportunity. So take it and move all of us forward. And welcome back to our inaugural Tiger Town podcast here. And we are looking forward to breaking this in. And we're doing so with a great first interview to my right, the head coach of our Northeast Tiger football team, Coach Greg Davis. Coach, how's the summer been going? 
It's good. It's good. We're we're uh, counting down, but it's it's gone quickly. That's right. No doubt about (laughs) that. As we uh, unveiled this first podcast on August 1st, the guys are arriving as we speak. Uh, Coach Fall Camp is in the air. How excited are you and your staff to get these guys back in town today? Yeah, we're excited. Um, First of all, I want to thank you, Blake, and your team for doing this. I want to thank Dr. Ricky Ford for allowing us to have this opportunity in our uh, athletic director, Kent Ferris. This is this is a good deal. I, I, I'm really excited about this podcast mm-hmm. deal, and, and hopefully we continue to do this. But uh, We're excited about it. Absolutely we are. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things happen around Northeast. A lot of special people make this thing happen, and, uh, you know, um, for us to do our jobs, and, and I just want to thank them, and I appreciate all their hard work and, and this coaching staff and, and our players really appreciate what they do for us mm-hmm. so absolutely this is a great deal but. absolutely yep and like we mentioned fall camp is starting coach what will be uh the the goals for these first couple of weeks you know and you get a little extra time we'll talk about that in a minute but if the guys come in you know you had obviously the june workout period what will be these go the goal for the first couple of weeks yeah i think i think number one the report date obviously is august 1st that's uh tuesday um and then august 2nd we we start rolling and so everything when we start from that point forward and we hit the floor running we'll have you know a full day uh full day's work but uh you know the first week is a seven day acclimation period and so we're in in helmets for two days shoulder pads for three and then full pads and so we're able to we're able to you know kind of ease into a little bit but uh you know we'll practice in the morning you know get acclimated to the heat a little bit better um you know it's a little cooler at that period of time we'll start practice around uh, 9.30, and then we'll be off the field around 11.30, uh, so the, the first two weeks before school starts. And then and then basically what we'll do is we'll, we'll transition into uh, once school starts an afternoon practice. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, there's a lot of goals, uh, number one, but, you know, uh, the camp, camp itself is is one of those things it's not like it used to be right <laughs> you know it used to be when i played we, we rolled out there in full pads and we had two days no doubt two days <laughs> so, that was a staple yeah, of football so, so we we don't have that anymore and so um and so there's a, there's a lot of things that we have to 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 go about and try to do right, right. so you know um one of the things that we have to do is get in shape and, yep. and somebody says, well, you know, that should be guaranteed. No, it's not. You know, we came in in June. We we, we worked we worked them out for four straight mm-hmm. weeks. Um, we got here in the first week of June. They weren't any. They were none, I mean, I'd say 10 guys out of 90 were probably in, in, in some kind of condition. Right. By the end of that June, I'd probably say we're 65 to 75%. We were kind of in shape. Um, there was guys still not able to go the full distance, mm-hmm. and that's tough. That that's the reality. It's college football, so um, there's there's a lot. But um, you know, one of the things I'll say is uh, reps and quality reps. Um, you know, simple, simple sometimes always better. We got to get better at doing the little things great and trying to get ourselves prepared. Um, that's one of our goals situations you know we got to get better in red zone we you know that was a, a hamper for us last year yeah no i got a different coaching staff and and that could be something different as far as that goes mm-hmm. as far as game planning or or being just conservative when to get down there and not not trying to turn over the ball but situations is a huge thing i think so many guys they don't understand the game 
you know, they they just play. They're they're so immature. They they, oh, I'm just happy to play. I'm right. happy to put on a pair of shoulder pads and a helmet and go play. And they're eager to play. Uh, but the problem is they don't, they don't understand. They don't understand how to beat man coverage or what we're trying to attack in man coverage. They don't understand, you know, uh, you know, third downs. They don't understand field zones. Right. You know, when, when guys are blitzing and when guys aren't. And so, uh, and just formationally how to attack people. So they don't understand the schematics and the strategy behind what we do. So for them to understand situations, I think, is, is a huge thing. Um, and it's a huge thing as you get older, you understand it. Now, from a quarterback aspect, you may sit there and go, hey, you know, yeah, it's it's man coverage I'm going to throw here. You, right. you may know that already, mm-hmm. but for the whole team to understand how to attack it is a whole different ball game. No question about that. And you mentioned uh, the commitment over the summer. And that's not just that. Football is not just a sport that you see in the fall. I can promise you no, that, where no. where you get those 9, 10 games and, yeah, you get off time until maybe spring training. I can promise you because I've seen it. Even after our season's done, the next week you're out there conditioning these guys, getting them ready for spring ball, which in turn gets them ready for the next fall. And, again, again, it's it's a, a year-round sport, 365 days a year almost. Yeah, that's, a, that's the difference between um, – a high school kid and going into now uh, a college kid and in the high schools they don't they don't condition their kids they don't run their kids like like we do right and so in the off season you sit there and you say well you know well i i need to replace this guy right here this i need to replace whoever it is whatever position this corner this linebacker or whatever and i always tell my coaches they're going to be better as sophomores than an incoming freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, unless the freshman is just a freak and, and he comes yeah. from a really great program and he's a workout junkie, that freshman is not going to typically be as good as that sophomore mm-hmm. because they haven't been pushed. And then after their freshman, you know, excuse me, high school senior year, most of them, most of them either play a different sport or they don't work out and get pushed. So they're sitting around doing nothing, right? right. So. Where our guys in January, uh, whatever, 17th, when we come back uh, from Christmas break, we're out there. It's 28 degrees. We lift and then we go run. That's right. You know, it's so you important. Know, you know, we're, we're running, you know, hundreds, you know, <laughs> and when it's 28 degrees or in the mud and, you know, everything else. And people don't understand that the conditioning level it takes all year round. And a lot of that is is obviously sacrifice the process and dedication mm-hmm. okay and in those inner determining factors to be successful right and when the freshmen come in that have done those things you got a special one that's absolutely true you know you, you got a special guy uh and but there's been very you know i say very few but there, there's been a few guys over the years but you know uh one guy that's that has that, and he's, he's always had that, and he's, he's battling it right now, is Jordan Strong. Yes. He's been to a couple of NFL tryouts, and then he got cut, and then he's going and trying to the XFL deal. But now he may still get picked up in the NFL. It's a, they just start in training camp. But uh, with injuries or whatever, you never know. But at the end of the day, like, his determining factor, he came in in great shape. I mean, he worked constantly, and, it, and it's showing. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like he he's persevered. Absolutely. But you know that's that's a little bit of the difference. So when we got them in June and then they go off, they go home in July, and people are like, "Well, you need to reverse that." The problem is, you know, 
the guys that showed up in June and they quit and they went home, now I can yeah. replace them. That's right. Now I got time to replace them, right? That's or right. that didn't show up, right? Or they couldn't make it through the conditioning. Right. So now, you know, they, yeah, they couldn't make it through the conditioning, so they tapped out and, they, hey, I'm going home. Right. You know, so um, so now what we've done is we, we're replacing those guys. Yep, and making the football and, team even better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so – so it really iron is iron sharpens iron, but you know only the strong survive. Those are those are some old things, but it, you know it's but truly it's the case. Always true in the sport of football, coach. We got to talk about recruiting changes because it feels like it happens every single year in our conference, in our league. New rules, new regulations. The biggest thing for this year seems to be the uh, addition of several more out of staters. Now fifteen, coach. How will that impact things for the roster and for the conference? Well, you know, I think I think number one for the conference. I'll start with the conference first. Um, I think that conference-wise, nationally, because of what other other conferences have done, we're not going to be able to compete nationally. Mm -hmm. and, and so they've gone to the four-team playoff, um, and I think that that's something that that's opened a lot of eyes. When when you look at us as a historically, our state has been winning state championships, national championships. Yeah. So when you take that that group and then you put them now in the playoff. And you, there's a lot of factors, obviously, injuries and so on and so forth. But now when you sit there and you have Iowa or Kansas and, you know, those guys are getting possibly unlimited out-of-staters mm -hmm. and they're getting Division One transfers and so on and so forth, it's a different ball game. And, you know, you talk about Iowa Western, that's a machine up there. Sure is. Yep. And they, they've been in the top five in the country for ever since I've been around, mm -hmm. you know, the last 10 years. And they have – million dollar facilities mm -hmm. i mean they have d1 facilities and so our league is a great league it's probably it's the most competitive league it's the most it's the most talented league top to bottom okay but when you get into the playoffs and they have an 85 man roster and they've got you know 40 40 division one kids versus our 65 man roster with possibly whoever that is maybe 20 division one kids right there you're outnumbered and so I think nationally, uh, and I've been saying it for a long time, when Kansas went unlimited out-of-staters, I said, this is, this is going to be an issue eventually down the road. And, you know, seven to ten years later or whatever it is, it, now here, it's, we are. here we are. Um, but I think nationally this is, this is something that we had to do uh, to compete, um, you know, 100%. I was talking to uh, a coach at another school, and they were like, well, you know, we're getting the playoffs. We want to compete. We want to win it. I'm tired of maybe getting there and not winning it. Okay, cool. You know, recruit better. Yep. You know, uh, I mean, coach better. Maybe have a better scheme. I don't know. But at the end of the day, if, if you're going undefeated in our league, you should at least be able to compete nationally. No doubt. All right? So, I think it's, I think it's one of those things that, you know, I think as a, as a whole, I think it's good. Um you know, and the other thing that people don't understand is in our state, there's not a lot of linemen, you know. Very true. You know, you go back 12 years ago, uh, and the people in high school coaches ask me, well, why, why have they done this? You know, this is going to hurt the Mississippi kid. Well, you know, you, you go back 12 years ago, you know, when I first got in the league, Arkansas State, uh, Louisiana Monroe, Lafayette, uh, North Alabama, UAB, South Alabama, those are just schools around our state, right? Yep. They didn't recruit high school kids. 
You know, they, they didn't they didn't recruit high school kids. Mm -hmm. And their entrance requirements from the NCAA was different. So they they those kids came to JUCO. And they got better, and, they, and then some of them went to those schools, obviously. But they didn't really come in and recruit um, the the you know the high school kid here in Mississippi because of the JUCO connection. Right. All right. Now you're seeing schools like Austin P, UT Martin, Central Arkansas, some FCS schools coming in and recruiting our kids. And so the level of competition has slowly gone down over the few, you know, the decade, has, so to right. speak. You know, the, and the high school kid, there's there's probably less kids playing football, but there also there's no linemen in this state. Mm -hmm. There's not there's not a lot of offensive linemen. It's just not. And so when you're hampering yourself with eight out of staters, and some of us have to go, okay, well. These four or five schools, they get they're in a better population area, or they get they got better facilities. Whatever the scenario is, they're going to get maybe the better player. So we're fighting the other ten are fighting for, you know, these guys. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of these guys left. Coach, I, I got to ask you. Mentioned the offensive line a minute ago, and we I, you of course played collegiately at TCU on their offensive line, part of some really good programs there. Uh, played professionally with the Giants in the Arena League as an offensive lineman, and have had a great success as an offensive line coach. I'd love to know uh, and kind of break down your philosophy when you're coaching the offensive lineman here at Northeast. Uh, first and foremost, uh, try to be as far as assignment. Probably, you know, an old coach used to tell me, he said, get them, get them going in the right direction, you got a chance. And, you know, we try to be as assignment perfect as possible. Mm -hmm. That's that's the first thing, okay? Take take everything else out, assignment first. Because um, I'm fat, you're fat, okay? Put fat on fat or fat on that guy, lean on him for mm -hmm. four quarters, and you're in great condition and you're mentally tough, you got a chance. Right. As long as they know what to do. Mm -hmm. the, the second part of that is teach them technique. Right. And that's something that I think, Coach, <laughs> so, some of our high school kids that come in have to catch up on that quite a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't use flippers. We don't use, you know, uh, we're, not, we're not, you know, veering down or, or, you know, creating double post on double teams and, you know we're a zone team and 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 we're a man zone concept primarily, and then we'll we'll run a gap scheme. Um, it there's some there's some good parts to that. It, you know, yeah, if I got a 200 pound offensive guard, and but you're doing the 275 pound, 300 pound guy, and then injustice. If you're teaching that technique, because when they right. get to college, man, it's not that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes I think it's better. Uh, and I always make this analogy, you know, like like who's the leading tackler in high school football? The two linebackers mm -hmm. typically are the three linebackers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you'll see a guy with 190 tackles. Well, yeah, because, they, you know, the offensive line fixates on, well, I'm going to block this down guy, and then this guy over here is going to run and make the tackle. Yeah, mm -hmm. because nobody's worried about that guy. Right. Well, we got to worry about that guy. I mean, we've we've had we're like a linebacker U over here. No doubt. Tristan <laughs> so, Houston, you can go down the line. Yeah, Kenny Bird, Tristan yeah. Lewis, Sam Williams. I no mean, Reginald Hughes. Yes. I mean, we we've got really good linebackers, and so when the kids get here, it's like shock and awe, man. It's like it's like whoa, that guy can run. Yeah, I mean, Sam Williams at two hundred sixty pounds runs a four three eight. You yep. know, he's at the Dallas right. Cowboys. You know, no doubt for a reason. You know, Tristan Newsom's 
probably going to possibly start at Missouri. Yep. And, you know, he's a four, five, five guy. And so when you, when you look at everything, speed kills. And when you're in great condition and you know what to do and you can play fast, great things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a technician thing. I mean, those, those kids are not that they're, they're, they're poorly coached necessarily. It's, it's what their schematics want. They, they want to do yep. that. They got to do what they got to do to win. I mean, I, I I'm going to do what I got to do to win, but at the same time, it's it's assignment and then it's technique, mm-hmm. and then I put the stressor on them that my 330 pound six foot five frame is sitting there constantly on them daily. You know, mm-hmm. I'm on them daily. Um, you know, I tell all of them, I'm 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 the devil on the field. Uh, you're you're gonna hate me. Mm-hmm. Off the field, we you know we're on a text message last night you know cracking a cracking jokes or yep. whatever with the, with our group but mm-hmm. you know when it's time to work it's time to work that's right right you know it, it takes yeah you, you know, mentioned you can focus on that line a whole lot better knowing the men around you have the other sides of things covered well so many so many young coaches i, I think make this mistake they're more worried to try to about they want to emulate somebody i want to be the next lane kiffin or nick saban i want to make the next 10 million dollars hey i do too but here's the deal. I got a job right now at Northeast Mississippi Community College. I'm going to do the best I can. If I'm coaching the running backs or I'm coaching the linebackers, whatever it is, I'm I'm going to make that group the best group in the country. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's something that has had pride over the last few years with with the coaching staff that we've had. Agreed. They they've done a great job. Cedric Shell, linebackers, did a great job, and I know a lot. Some of these guys left, uh, went down to East Central, and AJ Early went down to East Central, and now he's at uh, Georgia Tech. Right. And Nick Coleman was here in 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 2020, and now he you know he's at UAB as the quarterback coach, and we we've had an opportunity to have some really good coaches, and and I think with Ryan Trevathan and Sean Cannon and Stedman Campbell, Cedric Shell. Um, you know, Cole Rotenberry, and then my son Reed is now coaching running backs for us. We we got a really good we got a good staff. Yep. Now, you know, like anything else, they got to be they got to be building their group to be the best that they can be day in and day out. Yep. That's your job as an right. assistant. Don't worry about trying to get the job over here. Don't try to worry about trying to make the money over here. Things will come when when you do the, a great job. That's absolutely right. As with anything in life, when you put in the work, put in the effort, and the reward will come down the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's the the uh, the main thing is the reward will come down the road. I mean, I'm not a network guy. Mm-hmm. There's phone guys. You know, I've, I've worked with phone guys, and they they move jobs. Man, I'm not a phone guy, so I don't. I'm not a network guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I know coaches that. They're, they they make it a point where they call like five dudes a day. Right. You know, like like they, they that's what their their deal is. They mm-hmm. get, they get up in the morning and they call five coaches, five different coaches every day. Interesting. Because they're trying to prepare themselves and, and network to mm-hmm. get the next job. I ain't worried about all that. Mm. I I I mean. Put me out to pasture, do whatever you want to do, send me to the beach, make UncleG'sBrands.com the the greatest the one out number there. Number one, absolutely. But at the but at the end of the day, like I'm I'm being serious. Like just do the best you can and work the hardest that you can to make that group all in for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. 
But I do want to kind of end it on, on a lighter <coughs> note. I'm going to go through a segment here with you that I'm terming the Texas two-step with you because you are oh. our resident expert of the state well, of Texas, the great state of Texas, I might add. So I'm going to grill you on a couple of questions here as we wrap up and kind of end right. our inaugural podcast. Coach, if you're going in the Bucky's, are you going for the brisket or are you going for the beaver nuggets? <coughs> Both. Why You go bigger and better in Texas. That's right. So why, why settle for just one? can't argue that <laughs> and then not on top of all that you know if you're like jody long that wants to spend your paycheck yeah. in bucky <laughs> then, then you just go do all your shopping there too that's right okay well, you can supply the whole family for a whole month by going to bucky's well you know here's the, here's the thing beaver nuggets brisket i, I cook brisket mm-hmm. but i don't cook beaver nuggets but beaver nuggets I mean that salty sweetness. You know, you it's just so got you got to love it. And then you're driving you do. down the road and you're drinking a big red. And I mean, mm-hmm. you know what? What's what's better than that, right? I can't disagree with you. So that's a good answer. But brisket, on that brisket one. I mean, don't turn it down. Don't turn. You can't turn that down. All right, who's the dominant force in the state? The Texans or the Cowboys? The Texans or the Cowboys? Texans or the Cowboys? Who are you going with? Um. Well, obviously the Cowboys are a lot better than the Texans. Well, so I'm, I mean, you know now. Believe it or not, I wasn't. A, a Who'd really, you grow up? Um, I always rooted for the underdog, but I, mm-hmm. I mean, I really like growing up since I was an offensive lineman. I loved the Hogs, so I was a I was mm-hmm. kind of a Redskin fan to okay. a degree, uh, you know. But that was that was kind of the Cowboys in the eighties were not very good when True. I was <laughs> when I was kind of growing up. So so I kind of missed their heyday, and then you know. Uh, got it in the nineties in college, but you know, I mean, really and truly, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys. I always had a soft heart for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, this one I think is going to be a kind of a one of those you put on the tee. We're going Whataburger or Jack in the Box? <laughs> Not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, this this is a pretty you know set it on the tee. It's Whataburger, right? Yeah, it's Whataburger, and then uh, fries stri- straight out of the grease, and you got to tell them that, and then. Um, you know, typically you can get the number five, okay, Waterburger, and then I'm going a little Mike Leach's. <clears throat> I think I believe it's number five. Um, so if you get the number five, and then uh, then you got to add, all right, bacon. Add bacon. Okay, or, or I'm trying to figure out which one it is, or uh, or it could be the number seven. I don't know. But anyway, long story short, you got the double meat Whopper mm-hmm. with bacon, all right? Now, I like mayonnaise mustard. I'm a mayonnaise mm-hmm. mustard guy. You know, it's got to be a toasted bun. Yep. All the works, oh, lettuce, yeah. tomatoes, pickles, extra pickles, and onions. I, I like it all. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that, I mean, I want, I want you my – You want a thick, thick burger, but you got to have the bacon on it. Yeah, you, you got to have bacon. Um, I don't know why my throat is kind of – maybe it's you – know, I thought you were bringing this water burger up because I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say I would say bacon is, is definitely a necessity, but you got to get it water-sized. And if, if, you, if you're calorie deficient like myself, okay, typically, you got to get a, the vanilla malt to go with it. There we go. Okay, I like that. But I I gotta say that, that you know if you've never had Waterburger ketchup and you're a ketchup person, you're missing out. That's true. 
The spicy ketchup is my favorite. Well, the spicy ketchup is really good. I, you know, but growing up, see, I grew up in Kingsville, Texas. Waterburger started in Corpus Christi, which is mm-hmm. 36 miles away. So I grew up on Waterburger. I've had Jack in the Box, great. You know, now if you're really calorie deficient, go to Jack in the Box, get the, uh, um, oh man, uh, the I mean, it's not the Monster Burger, but it's something else. But it. Uh, but anyway, it's like fifteen hundred calories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's eight straight fat. Wow. I mean, like you want to, if you want to definitely die yeah. early, I mean, eat, that's eat a few it. of those every day. Yeah. Um, but uh, and that's just the burger, right? Not not counting those greasy fries. Yeah. Is everything really bigger in Texas? Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get explain for for those that maybe haven't been there. Why? Why is everything bigger in Texas? Well, I mean, why have a 12-ounce when you can have a 32-ounce? Okay. I mean, like, you know, that's <laughs> – I mean, and at the end of the day, why have uh, one acre when you can have five acres? Yeah. Right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's 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 all all about, you know, bigger and bigger in Texas, better in Texas. And and, and look, I'm, I know I've been in Mississippi for almost 11 – well, it's been 11 it's been years. 11 years. But uh, – the thing about Texas, I think, is really unique. We we truly like my my family originally came over, you know, well, not the Mayflower, but whatever they mm-hmm. came, they came over. They settled in North Carolina. Supposedly, my my ancestry, my my, my relative, the kind of whoever he was, was mm-hmm. like one of the first governor or colonists of North Carolina, South Carolina, and then we just kind of migrated. My actually great great grandmother was born in Tishomingo, Oklahoma, or Tishomingo, Mississippi. Interesting. I suppose that my family migrated to Carroll County, mm-hmm. Mississippi, and then Louisiana, and then into Texas. But anyway, to go to go around the, the world here, um, you know, we just move that away. Um, Texas has always kind of been one of those things that as a Texan, you're proud of who you are and where you came from. All right. We're very humble people. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to work. We'll give you the shirt off our backs. We'll do anything you ask. But when you cross that line, right? Right. There's consequences. Yes. Right. That's it. When, Absolutely. When, when we're done with you, we're done with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go to a point with you. You know, uh, there's there's not a strike three and there's not a strike two. You cross my ways once, <laughs> we're done. That's it. So that Texas mentality grew to bigger and better things also. Like, we want we want to be the best. Mm-hmm. We want to be the best at everything we do. We want to be the best in whatever it is, football, baseball, whatever. Uh, who's the best teams, right. whatever, sports teams, whatever yep. it is. Um, so I, I, think it's, I think it's just a mentality that, um, you know, Growing up in Texas, it's one of those things that you're prideful of your state. Yeah. Don't mess with Texas. I mean, that's our that, that's, that, that's the state logo, right? That's it. Uh, and you grow up and you know everything about Texas and in the state of Texas and, you know, all the flags that flew over Texas and, and you know. I was always told that, that one of the most important classes as a high school student in Texas is the state history class. Is that true? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely say that that's probably, you know probably you know the main the main deal so the prerequisite to graduation you gotta have that history down pat look i can i i'm the one subject i'm not good at in texas uh because they didn't teach it real well was math 
<laughs> but you know, so uh, now Texas history, I'm, I'm I got to refresh myself a little bit, but I'm I probably going to do okay. But yep. you know, uh, you know the, the thing about and I'll, and I'll say this, you know, because it was a culmination of a melting pot, and it still is, but. You know, all the people that came in from, you know, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, North Carolina, South mm-hmm. Carolina, whatever, right, in Louisiana to fight for Texas independence. Right. Because they believed in Texas and they mm-hmm. wanted Texas to be great. Matthew McConaughey um, always talks about this. You know, Texas people, you know, we're not a, we're not afraid to move. Right. You know, I've heard him say this multiple times. Like, we're, we're not afraid to move. Like, I'll, you know, if I'm – here in Mississippi for another five days, five years, 15 years, whatever, I'm probably going to go back to Texas. And I'll bring some of that back to Texas. And in his words, we'll just make it better. Whatever you learn, we just make it better. That's a good point. Pretty pretty wise right there. (laughs) So, so so like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I I don't know what I've learned. I've learned learned some math from Mississippi. Yep. You know, well, the only thing you need to learn is that you can be one point better than the opponent. That's what you say all the time to me, and it's true. I, that's all. It'll be one point better than the other opponent, but uh, you know, but that's what I say about Texas. Now, there's a great, there's great food in Texas. There is, and if you're in ever Rivera, Texas, there's a there's a restaurant called King's Inn, and it's got shrimp bigger than the size of your your thumb. Okay, it's pricey. Mm-hmm. But it's the best shrimp, uh, fried shrimp I've ever had in my Incredible. life, and it's it's in Rivera, Texas, on Baffin Bay, and there's just I mean it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's it's been around for seventy plus years mm-hmm. probably, but I'm gonna eat there next week or this weekend, all right? I'll take a picture and I'll send it to you. But it's called King, King's Inn, all right? Fried onion rings, phenomenal. And we're not, they're not catfish people. Right. You know, like catfish, wouldn't a, it's, it is a, some of, a, I mean, we eat catfish, but, yep. you know, in Texas, but, you know, there it's on the Gulf. So, right. I mean, we, we're eating trout and, yeah. and shrimp and oysters and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, I mean, like at the end of the day, the food is phenomenal. There's some, there's some um, spots, barbecue wise. I took Coach Shell mm-hmm. to Black's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, and El Arroyo, Mexican restaurant, and, in Austin, okay, took him, took him to, he was blown away. Guarantee. He was blown away. And then, and then no doubt. but I'll bring you some brisket. I cooked, a, I cooked a couple of briskets. I'm going to cook some more, maybe on a long weekend, you know, in between. There we go. I'll cook you some Coach, brisket. You, you, we're taping this, right, Elijah? Yeah, so I've, I've got you on camera now. You, I'm going to expect some brisket. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, if people want the brisket, that, you know, I'll, I'll be more than happy to cook it. You know, He's just, a man. you just pay for it. <laughs> That's a fair enough deal. That's a fair enough deal. Look, that's been the Texas Two-Step with Coach Greg Davis. Coach, thanks All for right. being our inaugural guest. We All appreciate it. Look, let's uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back and put a bow on this inaugural Tiger Town Sports Podcast right after this. Northeast Mississippi Community College has a storied and reverent past in athletics that identifies where we have been and a passion for success that indicates where we are going. Every former student athlete is a success story within themselves. And the pitch is a line shot into left field. The Tigers are going to walk it off and will walk their way in to the second round. What a gutsy performance. The Lady Tigers win. 
70 to 65. Lady Tigers are going to steal one from Senatobia. Cannon fadeaway three. Wesley puts it back up. It's good. It's good. Wesley got it off. The Tigers have won the region 23 championship. Put back the pass. Heave to the end zone. And touchdown, Tigers. Join us as we celebrate 75 years of athletic excellence at Northeast. And welcome back, sports fans. We appreciate Coach Davis for taking us inside of fall camp a bit here. The Tigers are just over a month away from getting their 2023 football season started. We'll talk more about their schedule in an upcoming podcast. But, Ryan, we're looking forward to next week's guest already. And we're talking our newest sport here at Northeast one week from now. Yeah, next week we'll have uh, head volleyball coach Brenda Mays on here. As This is the first year of the program, so her first year in charge of it. And she's been a very successful high school volleyball coach in Alabama, too. Three, four state championships. Don't quote me on the number exactly, but she is a well-decorated Hall of Fame volleyball coach across the state line at Muscle Shoals High School in Alabama. And so she'll take us behind the scenes as those ladies are reporting this week as well to begin their preparations for their season opener on August 17th. Ryan will also take us inside the schedule next week for the Lady Tigers, and we'll really dive into volleyball one week from now. But until then, let's put a bow on this broadcast, Ryan, and our inaugural podcast officially in the books. For Ryan Morley, for Coach Greg Davis, for Elijah Brooks behind the scenes, I'm Lake Long. We'll see you in Tiger Town soon. Until next time, God bless.